0: Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Pastor Ethan
1: is coming um, to share. Um, pastor Ethan is our uh, recreation pastor. Talk a little bit. He'll talk a little bit about what happens in recreation ministries. Uh, Ethan does a great job uh, in serving and leading and caring and loving and messing around with a smile on his face. So we're looking forward to what he has to say today. He's not wrong, I'll tell you that much. I love my job to be able to just play sports with kids and have fun. I mean, it's the greatest job ever. Ministry obviously comes first, but I'm so grateful to be able to be serve in the position that I am. Uh, I, as a kid growing up playing sports, it was always a desire and passion of my mind. You know, you want to be professional athlete of whatever it is that you're great at which I was great at everything in my opinion Um, but obviously humbled as you get to high school Um, but every church that I've been a part of uh, I've served in a capacity where I've either started a sports ministry role or helped grow it or just that's always been the doors that God has opened to me and then to be able to receive the call uh, to be able to, to enter into this position in 2021 was so cool uh, just in 2023, we were able to celebrate, um, just this last week, um, a record-setting year in, in Nazarene Recreation in, in terms of registrations, and, it, and it's not because of really efforts of, of me. I love what I do, and, and I love being able to make the community connection, but really I attribute it to the hard work of this church for years as the church has grown and expanded and starting in inner-city Chicago and making their way down here to be able to reach a community I don't think we truly understand the impact that we have on the community around us. Uh, one of my favorite things of whether I'm in the school systems with my daughter or, or out in the public and parades, the amount of NASDAQ shirts that we see and then the stories of, okay, well, when I was a kid or, you no, know, I my grandson or whatever the case might be. It, just so many stories of faithfulness of this church, of welcoming in people from our community to a safe place for kids to grow and experience sports together, but, but ultimately to do so in a place where NASREC prides themselves in saying um, our hope is that we help raise fully developed children uh, by giving them a safe place to explore themselves, but ultimately to help families win. And what that looks like is by just letting kids be kids, letting our community help, um, but also for us to be an outreach to our, to our community. And so thank you so much. Uh, I celebrate so many different things that happen on a weekly basis. This last Monday I scored a goal against uh, six and seven-year-olds in soccer. It was fantastic. Uh, this light blue team was getting crushed, and I mean crushed, and if you've ever been in the East Gym, the little sliding door opens, and anytime the ball would come, I'd slide it open and kick it. Full court goal, and I said it counted as 10 points, so even though in Nazarek, the running thing is we don't keep score, but that goal was worth, worth 10, so the light blue team won, so... MVP for the week. And if you ever want to change a 7 to 10 year old's life on Tuesday and Thursday nights is the 7 to 10 year old basketball and they play on 8 foot rims. And if you want to change their life, you show them what you can do on an 8 foot rim and throw that ball down. Their minds are blown. They're like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? And you feel really good. And just countless things throughout the course of the week. But it, you really don't realize just how much of a difference it makes by letting these kids just have fun. So many of you already have joined and partnered with NASREC to be able to help out for a variety of different events and award ceremony, things like Glow Party, where it's an all-church activity where we invite people from our REC community to come and just have fun. But there are, there are a few of you who do the crazy thing of saying, you know what, I'm going to coach three-year-olds or four- and five-year-olds and six- and seven-year-olds, which I have no connection to. I'm not a grandparent. I'm not a neighbor. And you just step in and say, you know what, I'm going to do it. And you would be surprised at just how much they truly gain from that. In 2023, we lost some significant people in the life of our rec community that left some pretty big holes and, and hurt in the lives of the people um, that are coming into this building on a weekly basis. And there were a variety of you who entered into those moments in the difficult times with me that walked with the families that helped coach those families in those moments and really provided hope in times of hopelessness and were an example of what the love of Christ look like, looks like beyond the court, beyond the classroom beyond the field, and to be able to to look to you and share with you, I'm so grateful uh, for the ways that you love that community. And so I'd ask you to prayerfully consider, continue praying for that community. Um, It's so fun to be able to minister the people that we get to, but also there's 68 coaches right now in our current session, and of those 68 coaches, three of them attend our church. So that tells you 65 people from our community helped make a difference in the lives of these kids, and I'm so grateful for that. But I wanted to just share that with you, that moment of celebration. It really is a cool thing to be able to look back and see just all that the church has done over the course of these years, and be able to celebrate a year like last year, but ultimately to look and say, let's do it again. So I'm grateful for that. Today's a special day, too, as well. Uh, For those that don't know, the guy who typically plays guitar over here, he has a lot less hair than I do, and he matched me today. He's actually my brother, Adam. Spoiler alert, is my brother. Uh, So if you didn't know that, I'd be happy to have that conversation with you, but that's kind of a crazy story. The guy playing drums today was my dad, and so today was a very special day for me to be able to share the message, to, to, to worship and lead worship with my brother, my dad play the drums, and then my mom to be here. And she would tell you, oh, I knew this day was coming. You know, God was raising two holy men of God that loved each other, that were so kind to each other and, and compassionate and caring and never once laid a hand on each other. And I stand before you today and tell you that whether it was my wrongdoing or my brother's, oh boy, did we fight. To this day, I have a fear of sleeping bags. One time, I don't know what I did, probably something, but he put a sleeping bag over my head and pushed me down the stairs. And if you've ever been to that place where it's hard to catch your breath, and you're like about to cry, and <gasps> it was like seven minutes long of me doing that, and then the windows broke because I let it out. And I've, I've uh, honestly, I've messed with my brother, and I'll, there was a youth retreat one time. I'd poke, 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 poke. And I was a little faster than him. And I I had to lock myself in the church van and the rage that was in his face wanting to break through that window. But look at us now, a story of redemption. (laughs) And really, it's a testament. And I share that wholeheartedly to, to say, just like you, I've been in the seat that you're in. And I take a look at my life and I think, boy, Do I've got some work to do? And whether it's known by myself or someone sharing something with me to say, maybe it's time you grow up a little bit. I'm still playing sports and scoring goals in six- and seven-year-olds. But I have a desire for God's love to be shown in the areas that he allows me to. And so today I share a message of holiness. And you might say, listen, Pastor Ethan, I don't even know you. Or maybe I know you a little bit, but you have no clue about me and for you to mention, for me to consider what holiness might look like in my life is not possible. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. I think about my life and how unholy I am. My my hope is today that we leave this place encouraged, knowing that you probably already are living in some areas, the example of what holiness might look like to the people that God is entrusting to you. Um, This week was a great week in the sense that I got to spend a lot of time with my girls. Uh, They were sick all week, and so this week was a challenging week. And I oftentimes, as I would stay home with the girls and take care of them and then come to Wreck and run Wreck through the night and then stick around after hours to, to write a sermon, man, God, I wish you would have laid something easier on my heart to share today. But I was reminded through all those moments and even just the opportunity to share in the first service, God can use the moments when it feels like we've got nothing left in the tank to provide hope for someone. And for me, in those moments, it was hope for myself. So today, we'll spend some time in, in 1 Peter, and we'll talk a little bit about his, his message, uh, God's desire for holiness, and, and what it looks like to really settle into that moment and to settle down and to just say, you know what, i take a break from the life that I'm living. I'm going to take a break from where I am and just let God enter into that moment. For me, settling down doesn't come too often. I'm a mover. I'm a goer. I'm always going. It's just kind of who I am. And, um, my favorite times of the day, or least favorite time of the day, comes at night. I typically am in the office in the mornings. I get the, girls, or I get the girls to school here. I get my youngest from school, pick up my oldest from the bus stop. We have like 45 minutes to get home, pound a snack, let the dog out, and then we're back up here for a wreck. And then my wife picks them up from here, and she gets them and plays with them and does all the school things. And then I come home at 745, and I'm praying, Lord, please, that I have them be asleep? God, I've been so faithful today for everything. I would just be so eternally grateful. And you open the door, it's Dad! Yes! Here we go. So we're brushing their teeth, and oftentimes I'm brushing the teeth for them, and we're singing songs and reading books, and then you wrestle them, and you, you put the blanket on them, and you tuck them in real tight, and okay, settle down. And the moment comes, and I get them to bed, and I'm, I'm strategically thinking about my next move. You know, I, I, I put the phone there, I fill up a glass of ice water, I put the food in the, the microwave, I nuke it up, I make sure everything else is good, let the dog out, it does its thing, come back in. And I'm waiting, I'm looking forward to that moment to just, and you get everything there and you sit down and it's just, you know what feeling I'm talking about, right? I mean, maybe some of you are like, no, I'm just sleeping standing up and it's kind of just who I am, or you just don't sleep. And that was me this week. I saw every hour of every day until Friday night, which was awesome. But I'm grateful for that moment. You get into there and you just sit and settle and just breathe. And then the inevitable happens. It's trash day and your house is full of trash and they're not at the curb. Your daughters come from out of their bed and you hear the door open. You're like, please be the dog or even the front door with an intruder. Anyone <laughs> but the kids. And then you hear, Dad? Dad? It's never mom, it's dad. Yes, go back to bed, but I need you to come hold me. So You go upstairs or maybe the worst, right? Hey, honey, can you come help? And you're like, did you not see all of the other things I was doing to get to this moment of just, sitting and then you go and you fix whatever it is that needed to be fixed and you get to the place where you get back to the couch or your chair or at this point you're like forget it I'm going to bed and it's just impossible to settle back down you're frustrated and that's life and maybe spiritually that might be the thing that you've experienced like all right God listen I'm coming to church I'm reading the Bible I'm watching what I'm saying I'm doing a lot better at some of the things that I've done a lot worse at and then life throws you a curveball and you're like okay look at all that I did Look at everything. I felt like I was doing things I was supposed to be doing, and then life hits you. We find ourselves in the middle of these moments far too often. And my prayer is that today, as we spend some time in 1 Peter chapter one, we'll be able to come out of today challenged but encouraged, knowing full well that together as a community of faith, for the things that we face in life, God's holiness and his desire is holiness for your life. As Peter writes this message to the church, we don't know if he ever physically made it to these regions or areas or if he had just heard word about what was taking place, but people were making decisions for Christ. And can I be honest with you? God's been doing some incredible things in the life of this church, even just the last two months, the start of the year, the end of the year. People's lives are being changed. People are beginning to ask questions, to be able to say, okay, God, for quite some time I've struggled with this, but I'm going to allow for you to enter in and to receive salvation. Just last week, two people received salvation online alone, let alone the countless stories of transformation that we shared in the sanctuary. God's doing great things in the lives of this people, in this building, and online, in the community of people that are coming into this place. And it's so cool to see happen. So, Peter's hearing what's taking place, and he writes these words of encouragement, ultimately to challenge them to say, Listen, I'm grateful for the salvation moment that you've experienced. I'm grateful that you've just got a taste of who God is, but there's more. 1 Peter chapter 1 says these things So, think clearly and exercise self control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. So in these first two verses, Peter immediately sets the standard of how we ought to live life, continue to grow in our faith and our walk with Jesus Christ, to think clearly and self-control. But here's the thing when it comes to that, there is a difference between choosing to live a changed life and just hoping that things change. So when Peter sets the standard for what it means for when we enter, a, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ to say, okay, this is where we are, but here's where we go, or here's what we do at this moment, he's telling them straight out, in order for us to grow, there has to be a difference between those two. And that evidence is seen by the things that we do, the way that we think, the way that we control ourselves. So we value the importance of community and connection here in this church. I think it's why so many, so many people find themselves desiring to come to church, and that's great because I've been there in the position of where I didn't want to go to church. And for, for sometimes it was the punishment of going to church that helped me see something. And I'm grateful for the times that my parents drug me along or a youth leader invested in my life or a kind word that was shared to me that reminded me of the importance of why I needed a community of faith to get me through whatever it was that I was going through. And so that difference of choosing to live a life, hoping things change in comparison to what it might look like if I choose to live a changed life, the church becomes a valuable part. But it's what we do with our time here that makes a difference. I attribute it to being very similar as saying you're hungry, right? You go to the grocery store, you've got your list together, and maybe you're making better choices so you're going to cauliflower rice for some reason which doesn't taste very good at all. And they say, just close your eyes and it tastes just like it. It doesn't. It's wrong. But you make this strategic list of things that you want to get because you're trying to live better. You're doing things great. You avoid that peanut M&M aisle with all the other candies and the double-stuffed Oreos because those are good. And did you know that Oreos have three servings or the, the family packs have four servings per container? Each row is one serving. And you just, you just go for it and it is what it is. But when you get, to the, you get to the grocery store, you get through there, you buy everything, you check out, you load it in your car, you get it home, you unpack it on the counter, you put it away, you go to bed, you wake up the next morning, and you say, well, I'm hungry. You start to complain. Well, I wish there was food. I wish there was food in this fridge. And that's I literally did the same exact thing this week. Groceries were delivered on Sunday, and by Tuesday I was so frustrated. Like, there's nothing to eat in this house and then we just start to complain about whatever it is that we don't have, yet we fail to recognize that we were given the tools to help satisfy that moment. And it becomes very a very great reminder for us as spiritually we come into this place, we get filled, we've been been given the things that we might need to be able to move from the place of where we are to satisfy the hunger of spiritually the moment that we are at, and then when we get to the places where hunger sets in and we fail to recognize that we've already been given the tools to help overcome whatever it is we're facing, it's oftentimes similar to that moment of being hungry, but yet recognizing there's still something right there. The importance of community matters. God's desire that he shares through Peter is one that's only obtainable if we continue to work on it. Again, thinking clearly in self-control, it's oftentimes difficult for us to have a clear mind when we're hungry or have a clear mind when we're facing a situation in life, yet we've failed to allow for a moment of obedience to enter in. And so essentially, we get spiritually hangry, and if hangry is a new word, it's when you're angry and you're hungry, and oftentimes those moments come spiritually too. You're hungry for God, you're desiring Him, but yet you're angry at the circumstances of whatever it is that you're facing. And Peter reminds us in these moments that in order for us to stay connected with God, we need to actively think about the why and to focus on the how. And you might say, well, Pastor Ethan, how do we do that? Remember what he said in those first two verses? Obedience and self-control. Obedience and self-control. To get to these moments of, okay, God, how do I desire holiness for my life? I don't even know if any part of me is holy. The great place to start so obedience and self-control. We've probably all heard that phrase, practice makes perfect. But when practice moves to present we think about the things in our lives that we want to change. And not only that, we figure out how we're going to change those things. Instead of being frustrated with the circumstances of whatever it is that we faced, the difficulty of the moment that we are experiencing in that time and in that place, Peter makes it very clear to us that there was once a time when salvation did not influence our life. When we lived for the pleasures of this world, we lived for the pleasures of ourself. And there was a time where God's gracious salvation, as the words that he used, was not revealed to us. But now we understand when we know when we are in the wrong. So I have to ask one, what was the last time that you said sorry? I said it this week. I was hangry. I was tired. I was frustrated. I was exhausted. I was mentally at my end, and my young or my oldest did something, and I was so mad. I'm, I, I, I lashed out. And I remember being checked in that moment like, from God being like, you got to say Sorry. And the, the easiest thing to do in that moment is say, sorry, and then you just go throughout the day. But I had to, at bedtime, apologize to my oldest, and then apologize to my youngest, and apologize to my wife, and verbally let them know, not through a text message, I'm sorry, but to verbally say, I'm sorry for letting that moment get the best of me. And it hurts. It's honestly probably the most difficult thing that we face on a daily basis if we consider our witness and our testimony of who we are in Jesus Christ. To have to apologize to someone can often be the most difficult thing, but also it's very rewarding. If it's received well or not, to be able to say, you know what, I I recognize the area that I messed up. And as we allow for God's holiness to to enter into our lives, things that are difficult becomes a little bit more clear. And we know that because our minds oftentimes aren't clear from the moments that we've faced because of the way that that's how life can be, we begin to find ourselves surrounding ourselves with trustworthy people. Those people are found in this room. That's the reason why we encourage you to consider what a life group might mean for your own life. So then you find yourself having a check during the middle of the week, whether it's a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday morning breakfast, or whatever that might be, to be able to say, I'm going to invest into a group of people that are going to help invest into my life, to encourage me in the times that obedience and self-control and consistency are difficult, but to be reminded in those moments So then Peter goes on to share this important verse that not only truly shapes God's desire for who you are, but who we are as the Church of the Nazarene, and not just here in this building, but globally. Look what it says in 1 Peter 1 15 through 16. It says, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. It's a crazy phrase to think about Peter calling us to holiness. And I was just in your seat a few minutes ago, sat there with you, and if I were a new believer or a lifelong follower or a first-time guest, if the pastor comes up and says, you got to be holy, I'm like, listen, dude, nope. But I want you to see what, what Peter was referencing back to. When Peter is sharing what he's sharing in Leviticus in this moment, it's a crazy phrase to think about to be holy The negative thoughts oftentimes begin to fill our brain, just like Pastor Galen shared last week, the wars that are waging inside of us, the wars that happen in our brains that mentally we tell ourselves, listen, I'm no good. Listen, God, did you see what I did 10 minutes ago, let alone what I did 10 years ago, and the life that I've lived and everything in between that? And then we fail to recognize that we allowed for Jesus to step into that very moment. And so when the moments come and those roadblocks get there mentally, we say there's, there's no way that I can allow for good to enter into my life. But I want you to, to think about that. To think about what holiness might look like for your life. See, when Jesus or when when God was talking about holiness in those moments, it became less and less about the perspective or even the command of God saying this place is holy or this person is holy, or for you to say mentally there's no way that I can be holy. When the opportunity moves from God saying that something is holy to God's presence being there, that is the best definition of what holiness looks like. It's not about us, it's not about the command, it's about the presence of God entering into our lives. And so I share with that today for you to realize that there are probably already areas in your life that God's holiness is already present in. And you look at yourself and maybe you again, you sit in that seat and you hear me saying, there is no way that I can be holy. And I want you to hear that. Holiness is not about the command. Though God is desiring for you to be holy and in that holiness, response and obedience you will continue to pursue him but it's not about the phrase and the saying that God's saying this place is holy this person is holy it is about the presence of God in that person in that moment that makes it holy and so for you in this room here today and for you online joining when you change the perspective and perception of whatever it is that you're facing, and to think about the life that we live requires us to move from the possibility of, of just giving the attention to a holy thought to allowing for him to move to the presence being in that moment. That's when it makes a difference. The fact of the matter is, though, that God cannot exist, he can't live, he cannot grow in the presence of things that are unholy. And so if that is the case, and we've allowed for God to enter into our life, and we say, okay, God, we need your presence in whatever moment it is that I'm facing. If we have not allowed for his presence to influence that place, how can he be there? Again, this isn't to, to challenge you in a place that should defeat you, if anything. This is an encouragement to say, God, I see what you've done already in my life. I see the places that you've been evident. I have seen the places that you've touched my life and changed me already. But again, you say, well, Pastor Ethan, how do I do that? Think back to those verses. Clear mind, obedience, consistency. All of those things are obtainable when you choose to devote what it is that you think about and what it is that you're going to do, allowing God's presence to be in those moments. See, the global church of the Nazarene, not just this place, is founded on this idea, the importance of moving people from the salvation moment to the place where they say, you know what, God, I'm allowed allow for your holiness to be present in my life. To moving to the place of God, I'm going to allow for your holiness to be present, but also I want it to influence every area of my life to the place where we say, you know what, God, here's everything. And I'll never forget the moment when I said yes to God and all the times that I turned my back to him and had to say yes again. To the place where I said, okay, yes, God, I believe in you, I trust you, but now I desire to do the right thing and to find myself not turning back to the ways of the past, but ultimately getting to the place where I'm constantly looking forward to grow in the next step. That moment of sanctification where we allow for God to enter into our lives and take the things that were broken and He has them, but not only that, to entirely sanctify every area of our life to say, God, I am broken. I am messed up and I've tried everything I possibly can to be good, to do good, and I still find myself falling short. But here is where I want you to let go and to settle in. Not only because you've already started to do those good things, not only because you've been an example for already the people that you've had the opportunity to be an example to, but because we can do it together. It's the importance that the church can't be the only experience of holiness in your life when people know that you attend a church and that's the greatest example of who you are. God's desire for us is holiness in every place of our life. Not just here, but to take it everywhere. But to be able to settle into a moment on a Sunday. To be able to settle into a moment at your own home when you're spending time in God's Word. To be able to settle into a moment and settle down in the places that God takes you and the people that he entrusts to you, the people that you have the opportunity to influence, and to do so not to walk around and say, look at how holy I am, but instead to say, look at the presence of God in my life and look what he's done for me. I truly believe that God changes lives and changes other people's lives through ours when we allow for God to use us, not as the, the one who is the best example of what holiness looks like, but one who has allowed for God's presence to be an example in their life. That's the beauty of our church and why we desire for you to move from not just receiving salvation and experiencing God on a weekly basis, but a church that wants to walk with you in those difficult moments. Even in moments that maybe you've addressed in the past that haven't worked out, but for God to step into those places Look what Peter says as he goes on in verses 17 through 21. He says, And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will drudge and reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not merely gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now he has revealed to you, he, he revealed him to you in these last days. But this verse 21, I don't want you to miss it. Through Christ, you have now come to trust in God. You have placed your faith and hope in God because he has raised Christ from the dead. He has given him great glory. Verses 17 through 20 truly set up verse 21 for us because we understand that in order for a relationship to grow, it revolves around trust. And just as we experience a relationship with Jesus Christ, we begin to trust in him more and more. The, the areas of our lives that maybe we've held him out of, we begin to let him enter into those places. See, when we think about that, through Christ, we have come to trust God. There are places that, and, and, and things that we can do for allow him to, to step into those places. And one of those is to really let him have control over the things that we've held tightly onto. Maybe there are things that we've believed ourselves, just like Pastor Galen shared last week. Maybe there are moments from our past, things that have influenced us today, possessions, that list could truly go on and on forever, but letting our guard down is difficult because maybe people have failed us. And when we let go of that control, we think about the past, and the important factor why it feels like we just can't let go. But then we think about the beauty of the moment, the holiness opportunity. Whether you find yourself right now living in a holy moment or you find yourself looking at the people around you and the, and the expectation that you set upon yourself. See, God doesn't desire you to be obedient to what anyone else has for you. God desires obedience with Him. and What that looks like is by discovering new ways that we let God lead, because in the past, maybe you've tried to do something, and it's gone well for a short period of time, but ultimately you find yourself turning back to the same old ways, making the same mistakes, doing the same things that you felt like were what was necessary to help overcome the pain from the past, But in all reality, you've never opened that door to God. You've just let Him see what's behind it and shut the door pretty quickly. See, discovering new ways that we let God lead is, is allowing for our hearts to settle into whatever it is that we feel like He has for us as the best option. But not only that, it's moving from just trying to manufacture good to embracing that His way truly has a purpose and is best for whatever that thing is that we've held so tightly onto. Those moments are difficult. Because it allows for us to share the the, the pain, the exhausting moments of us trying so hard to go above and beyond, to try and impress someone else, to try and prove to ourselves that we're good or good enough. But that's the thing. God doesn't just desire good intentions. He desires obedience. What that looks like, again, clear mind, self-control, consistency. We say, there's no way that I can possibly do that in every area of our life. Then I would ask you that question, do you trust him? I think back to all the times in my life when I felt like I was growing in my faith with God and then there came an area that I knew that I needed to address but it was just too difficult. And in my exhausted state of mind this past week, I thought back to a childhood memory of mine. One that still to this day scars me And as a 33-year-old adult, I think I'm 33, 33 years old, I thought back to an 8-year-old moment of a childhood game. How many of you have played Nintendo 64 by by chance? Raise your hand. There's eight people in this room. Thank you. There was this game called Diddy Kong Racing, and it was great. It was awesome. But it was annoying because it was hard, and to this day, I've never defeated it. And as you can see on the, the screen, there's this character named Wizpig. what a terrible name to begin with but WizPig, as you would go further and further into the game different parts of his face would become illuminated and you would then you would then find yourself getting that much closer and closer to opening his mouth and you'd enter in through his mouth and you've beat the game and as an eight-year-old i was there i was so close and here is where i am three-fourths of the way done So close to being able to get through that last moment to be able to complete and say, you know what, I finally defeated it. And as a 33-year-old adult, this still haunts me today. That bottom corner I have never, ever opened. And you know what I did? What anyone does in difficult times when we feel like there's got to be another way to get around the struggle of whatever I'm facing, we're just going to cheat our way through. So as you can see in that first slide, there was a vehicle, and then you get different vehicles, and I got a plane, and you know where this is going, right? I'm flying this dumb plane through that small opening. It never worked. And I would spend hours trying to force something that wasn't meant to fit the impossible, that there is no physical way for this to happen, for me able to be able to open up whatever that thing is and allow for God to really touch the place in our hearts that we've kept so close It means that we have to go through the difficult moments. And no matter how hard I tried, to this day I've never beaten. And I'm pretty sure that I sold the game. And now I feel like I need to buy it again and just try and beat it to prove to myself that hard things sometimes require us to do hard things. And oftentimes that means letting go of control and and going through those things in those moments. See, choosing holiness is choosing obedience. Choosing obedience is choosing less of what we want and what we feel, but again, being more and more aware of the areas already that God has been desperately trying to enter into. And so, though that game might seem so far fetched to you, for 25 years, I've yet to allow for that moment to be unlocked. And for you, you might raise your hand and say, I've been going through something for 25 years, and I've never allowed God to have control. I've never allowed for his presence to enter into that moment. See, God can't change the areas of our lives that we haven't let him in. It's just not possible. And today I want to provide an opportunity for all of us to for a moment settle down and settle in. To have it be less about the things that you feel like I can be holy or I'm even anywhere remotely close to somewhere else to say, you know what, I'm going to celebrate the salvation moment of allowing God's presence to be evident in my life, to choosing to allow for him to be more and more present in the areas of our life, so that holiness becomes less of a thought, holiness becomes less of an accomplishment and desire to what anyone else wants, but more about obedience, to letting God's presence become evident in the lives that we have to live and the people that are around us. So today I invite you into inviting him into your presence to the areas instead of the possibility of change, to just letting him lead in the areas that it's hard, to the places where it hurts, where you've shut everyone out, to the places that you said, Pastor, if you only knew the darkness that lives behind the places that I've shut God out of and shut other people out of. So just as the comfort comes when you settle into a moment on the couch and you breathe and you take time for yourself, so too is God's desire for us to allow for him to settle into those places, to have it be less about the appearance of what someone else might think and be more about the possibility, but really the presence of God entering into those moments. It's in these times that we realize that there are areas in our lives that we've allowed for holiness to be an example. What would it look like for God's presence to enter into those other places? The worship team is going to lead us in worship. And so I ask you to stand with us today. What I'm asking you to do is to respond how you feel led. If it's to stand and sing, then sing. If it's to sit and pray, then pray. If it's to sing offbeat and off-key and make a joyful noise that is not joyful to anyone else, I want you to be reminded it is less about the conflict of what you think other people might think. More about presence of God being evident in your life, when holiness becomes God's presence evident in your choices to move from salvation to pursuing God, to letting God have everything, to letting God have control. Would you respond today? And
0: hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz Podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.